guys, I say this this week, and no offense to my previous guest, um, but I was truly excited to talk to this man. Uh, this week, we talked to former Northwest Missouri head coach Mel Churchma uh, about his you know, past and uh, getting Northwest to be the program that it was and still is to this day. Uh, I really hope you enjoy this one. Uh, coach, let's start with, uh, the beginning, I guess. Um, you know, I, I knew you're from South Dakota. I didn't realize you were from, uh, such a small town in South Dakota. Um, what was it like growing up there? And, you know, how did you really get into football? Uh, you know, I don't think South Dakota is really a state known for its, uh, love of football. Well, um, I grew up, I actually grew up on a farm uh, about four miles west of Springfield, South Dakota. Springfield was a, is a small community, uh, probably about 1,000 to 1,500 people in, in the community of Springfield. Uh, when I was growing up, we had a small state college there, Southern State College. So that, uh, you know, that was the uh, main industry of the community other than farming. Uh, I actually went, uh, Anthony, I went to a country school, a one-room school. <laughs> And uh, I always tell people, you know, I was valedictorian of, of the eighth grade at, because I was the only one in my class. So I graduated number one in my class. But, uh, I, 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 you know, growing up, uh, I never played any junior high or anything like that. I didn't play any organized sports until, um, you know, until uh, high school, other than I did play a couple of years of summer baseball. I love baseball. I just couldn't hit the darn thing. It's, uh, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> uh, if I could walk, I could steal second and third and, and, and you know, that kind of thing. But uh, so, uh, but I, I just had a passion for, for any sport. Well, uh, this is in the, the early 60s. We had three sports at Springfield High School. We had football, basketball, and track, and that was it. And uh we had one one coach. He coached. He was a head football coach, head basketball coach, head track coach, and uh, he happened to be a. Uh, my freshman year was his first year there, and he was a, uh, a young man, uh, John Wesling. Uh, he had been out of college for about three or four years, maybe, and he had played at Southern State uh, in our hometown. So you know, uh, I had seen him play, and he was a football player and a basketball player, more more of a basketball player. So I'd seen him. Uh, play uh, growing up and uh, he became my hero and so whatever he said uh, that's what we did and uh, I started out actually my freshman year in, in high school I was a uh, uh, scout team offensive center <laughs> if you can believe that and then I uh, uh, because of, uh, of track in the spring I played basketball track in the spring uh my body style, my body changed a little bit, and I was a sprinter on the, the freshman relay. And uh, I actually ended up, you know, I played all three sports. I, I probably liked, probably liked track as much as any uh, track and football. I, I loved them all, but played them all. And then uh, in college, I, I tried to play a little football. I wasn't good enough really to play. Uh, ran some track, and uh, we were married in college, so I worked. Uh, but I wanted to coach uh, because I idolized my high school coach. And uh, uh, so my first opportunity, my first interview, I, he offered me, when I graduated from, from college, he offered me an opportunity to come right back to my old high school, Springfield High School, and be the head basketball coach. 
and uh, assistant football and assistant track, which I was going to do. Uh, but then I got a chance uh, to make $1,000 more at Akron, Iowa, and I was assistant football, assistant basketball, head track, and then coach baseball in the summer. So that's how my that's where my career started, and I, I really wasn't a head football coach uh, until 1972. That was five. That was my sixth year. Um, I, I was an assistant. I was a head track coach all the time, and had really, uh, you know, not bragging, but we had some great success. I was at Sioux Center, and we were runner up in the state a couple of times my first couple of years there, and. Uh, uh, but in 1972, I went from off uh, from the assistant coach at Sioux Center High School to the head coach. Uh, and uh, 1972 was the first year that Iowa had state high school playoffs, and we won a state championship. Uh, my first year, I was 26 years old, and we went, uh, I think it was 10-0 and 0 or something like that. Uh, you know, it was pretty easy. So uh, <laughs> that made me like football a lot. That's kind of where I got started. So uh, was – now, did you always want to be a teacher? Um, I would imagine there was, at least, you know, from my understanding, you, know, you grew up on a farm. Uh, there's probably a little bit of you that uh, either wants to go off to college or you become a farmer. Was that kind of the options for you? It, that was the opposite for me. I did not, I did not want to farm. Uh, <laughs> uh, my parents, I, I, we had kind of a strange family. I had three brothers and a sister uh, older than me. The youngest of those four was 11 when I was born. So my parents were 40 when I was born. So when I, by the time, you know, I was in high school, my dad was getting ready to retire. And when I graduated from high school, he said, you know, uh, I'll be glad to let you have the farm, you know, and farm the farm. And that was a pretty, that should have been a pretty good opportunity in South Dakota that we had a 600 acre farm and uh, uh, it was really well set up. Uh, I said, I don't want any part of that. And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to coach. And he said, well, then we'll help you go to college. And so that's, that's the way it worked. And uh, uh, I really haven't regretted. I, I, I did like certain aspects of the farm. We had cattle, uh, you know, and, and I used uh, horses to check on cattle, things like that. I enjoyed that, but uh, the rest of it uh, wasn't for me. And uh, I think I made a good choice. Yeah. Was it a, was it a passion for teaching as well? Or was it just, that's kind of the route you had to go to get into coaching? No, I, I think teaching too. I, I enjoyed, uh, I, I had good teachers, uh, you know, all the way through and, uh, you know, in, in country school, all the way up through, uh, through high school. I had teachers, a lot of my teachers were, were my heroes. And uh, I wanted to be that kind of a person, uh, you know, that uh, left an impact on, on young people. So uh, definitely uh, both, but uh, I, you know, I really did have a passion for, uh, for teaching. I, when I graduated, I had a major in physical education, uh, but I had a real strong minor in math and uh, I had a minor in biology. So I ended up, uh, my years teaching, I taught math in, in, in several or a couple of the high schools where I was at. And, uh, I even taught a little life science my first uh, first two years. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid some of those kids probably didn't learn what they should have learned in life science. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it was uh, it was good. So, yeah. Um, what what was that first experience like coaching for you? Um, you know, because I I know some coaches. You know, at smaller levels, their you know, first experience as a as a head coach. Uh, but what kind of things did you learn in those first few years as a, an assistant in Akron? Well, my first, my very first two years, my first two years were in a small town called Akron, Iowa. It's just across the border from South Dakota, right outside of Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, we probably had, I don't know, 140, 150 in high school. 
Um, I was assistant football, assistant basketball, head track. And then in, in Iowa, you have baseball in the summer. So I was a head baseball coach in the summer. Um, our head basketball coach was also that year. The first year was the head football coach as well. Uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Paul Crone. And uh, I really, I, you know, I learned a lot from, from uh, Coach Crone. And uh, after a year, uh, he moved, he, he, we hired a new football coach, uh, a young guy out of, uh, uh, right out of, uh, out of college, uh, uh, a guy by the name of Ron Fox uh, from Wayne State in Nebraska. And so I learned, you know, uh, another coach that I was under, uh, still uh, being a head coach, uh, head coach in track, I really enjoyed that. But I, I, in both cases, I was the offensive coordinator both years. And so that was my, my start. And I loved offense and football. Um, I played both ways, obviously, in a small school. But I, I really liked offense. And I, uh, I always uh, had ideas about what we could do offensively even when I was playing. And so uh, uh, that was a good spark for me. And then when I went to Sioux Center, Iowa, I was hired as the offensive coordinator in football and head track coach. And then it led to, you know, after three years, I became the head football coach and head track coach. So. Uh, that's kind of how it, how it all panned out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, around here, uh, I assume just about everywhere, uh, Division Two football is played, you know, you're considered one of the best, uh, if not the best, to ever do it. Um, but what I found interesting, uh, you know, looking through your history was the success you had coaching track as well. Um, you know, I, I was never a track guy. I did love football. I still do. Uh, what was it about track that you were really drawn to and that you know you well, were I passionate think, about? I, I, for one thing, my old, my older brothers were very good in track. Um, my my oldest brother was a state champion in the hundred and the two twenty, and at that time it was a two twenty in the long jump, and uh, they won the state track meet. And uh, another brother was a state champion in the four forty, and so I had that kind of you know uh, even though they were older than I was, I knew about it. And I wanted to be like them, uh, so that that had parts had somewhat to do with it. But I just enjoyed the challenge of track, and uh, uh, we had a good track team when I was in high school. Uh, you know, we uh, I think in in my senior year, I think we ended up getting second in the state in the, in the state track meet, and uh, uh, so we had a lot of success there. Uh, and then when I started coaching, um, it was just it, I just enjoyed the the uh, structure of coaching coaching track and working with individuals. And, uh, uh, you know, I was blessed to have some young men, uh, high school kids that were just really dedicated to track early on. And so uh, that became a passion with me. It's still a passion. I, uh, even though I'm retired from football, uh, you know, we have a new indoor facility at uh, Northwest Missouri, uh, a 300 meter indoor track. And uh, Five weeks in a row this year, I helped with indoor track meets at, in the, at Maryville. I love it. You know, the more I can be around it, the better. So, uh, uh, you know, and and there's a correlation. I always I always felt like, uh, especially at uh, in the college level when I was recruiting, uh, you could find out a lot about a kid, a football player, by what he did in track. And uh, uh, when you get legitimate times and le legitimate distances, uh, that was always a, a tell uh, that helped me in the recruiting process of deciding how much, you, you know, what kind of a scholarship you're going to offer and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, you won coach of the year in track, uh, 73, 74, and 75. Um, what makes, 
you know, I've talked to many football coaches about, you know, what they believe makes a great football coach. Um, what makes, you know, what made you so successful in coaching track? Well, I, you know, again, I, it, it, that was at Northwestern College. I was the offensive coordinator in football, uh, and I was a head track coach. We had a lot of kids that were dual sport kids at that time. And so, uh, you know, I could recruit both. Yeah. And it, it made our football team better because we had better speed, and, and it gave me an opportunity to get some of those better athletes to get them uh, to be two sport people and to run track. And so I, I think that I think that really tied together. And, and honestly, uh, my first uh, number of years at Austin, or excuse me, at Northwest Missouri uh, in Division Two, we had we had several kids that were uh, you know uh, Jamaica Rector was a, was an all all American and obviously in football, but he was an all American track as a triple jumper, long jumper, and uh, uh, we had some other guys that you know were uh, were great great on both uh, in both sports. So that that really uh, uh, I, I just think there's a great correlation. Yeah. Um, and when you were at Northwestern, uh, you had a lot of success as the offensive coordinator. Uh, I think you, I read you, you know, your teams led the nation in total offense and scoring. Um, and I know the game has changed a ton since then. Uh, but what was it uh, that maybe you did back then that was different that helped you guys be more successful offensively there? Well, I think uh, we were an option team. Uh, we were split back beer, uh, but we threw the ball a lot. Uh, I think that was the difference. You know, that was the time when the wishbone was big and uh, option was big. But for whatever reason, I, we enjoyed, I, I liked to throw the football, and we incorporated a lot of play-action pass. And I'll guarantee you, I, I still believe in the option. And if you could run the option, you know, if you can run the option well, and if you can throw the football, you're going to, you're going to beat people, and uh, so I think that was uh, that was one of the things that that, that really led to our success. And uh, we always we always tried to be real balanced. Uh, you know, I think a couple of years that we ran uh, that we led the nation in total offense. If you look at our stats, we were about the same number of yards offensively and defensively. We were over 500 yards total offense, and we'd be 250 rushing, 250 passing. You know, uh, uh, so uh, we we kept a good balance, but. Uh, uh, we always uh, we were always able to throw the football, and and that we had you know we were blessed with some great quarterbacks too. But uh, uh, that was and and I you know I I think the simplicity of it, we didn't have a lot of different plays. We just executed what we had, and sometimes I think uh, uh, now uh, you know we get so caught up into doing so many things that sometimes we, we, you know, we don't really execute what we really have. And we really don't know, you know, we really don't take on an identity sometimes on offense. And I, we definitely had an identity. I mean, we were a play action uh, uh, passing team that could run the football. And uh, that, that was pretty, pretty good at that time. Why did it take so long for the game of football to really accept passing the football? Um, you know, because I, <laughs> you know, nowadays it's if you're running the football, it's almost like you're wasting wasting downs and wasting plays. At least it's some of the argument you hear, and that passing is just so much. Uh, you can be so much more successful in that. Uh, why did it take the game of football so long to move towards uh, a more pass-heavy offense? Well, I think you know. I mean, I, I think you go back to you know to the. Uh, the origin and the history, it was all running. And I, and I, and the people that were coaching football were people that had played and that's pretty much all they knew. And so, uh, 
it, it just kind of stayed that way until some people finally, uh, some coaches had the courage to get up there and throw the football. And, uh, uh, you know, the more people started throwing the football and, and having success, then, you know, then the more people are, are going to start doing it. And of course, as the years move forward, uh, coaches shared more ideas and, you know, with, with college football on, te on television, uh, all those things, people started to see uh, how things evolved and could see the changes that they could adapt with their own offense, with their running offense. And uh, I think that had a lot, I think television, really television had a lot to do with it because when a few people were successful, I mean, you go back to the wishbone. As soon as Oklahoma and Texas were successful with the wishbone, everybody wanted to run the wishbone. Why? Not because they, they read about it so much, but because they started seeing it on television. Yeah. Um, was that what you loved most about offense? Um, you know, I, I've always loved the defensive side, but uh, I don't think you have as much ability to be as creative. I think it, you lean towards, you know, you're going against whatever offense that week and you're kind of playing around that. Offensively, you almost can do what you want. Uh, and then it's up to the opposing defense kind of figure you out. Um, was the creativity um, that's involved with offense, is that what really got you going on that side of the ball? No doubt. I, I loved uh, I loved looking at things and, uh, you know, scheming, <laughs> looking at a defense. And, of course, and again, you go back then, you know, people played uh, – most people played cover three. That was it. You know, you played, a, you know, either a four, four, four three cover three or, or a five two cover three. And, uh, you know, that was it. So uh, it was a lot easier, I think, at that time for, you know, when I was when I was the offensive coordinator, it was easier to – to scheme that it is now with so many multiple things on both offense and defense. But uh, I, I really think that that had a lot to do with it is just uh, the, the create, like I said, the creativity of it, just looking at things and saying, okay, what if we would do this? And, you know, now at the game now, uh, Anthony, uh, I, I feel like the offense has a tremendous advantage with the, the 42nd clock and uh, you know, the continuous play and things like that. Uh, you know, if 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 you really want to do things offensively, you got you can you can put the you can put some pressure on defenses. I really believe that. Now I don't know if it's uh, you know like I said I love defense. I don't know if it's hope uh, or what, but I keep thinking that eventually defenses will catch up with what offenses are doing today. Um, am I wrong in that, or do you think it's always going to lean towards you know the offense having the advantage? Well, I think under the current rules, I, I think it's going to be hard for the defense because I, I just feel like with the rules favor the offense right now, like I said, with the 40-second clock, because if you don't want to huddle, you don't have to huddle. And by not huddling, you can do a lot of things and you can, you can force the defense to do a lot of things that they maybe don't want to do. Uh, now... The, the problem with that is people try to do that, but they try to do too many things and then they don't end up, they can't do anything real well. And so, uh, you know, it's a fine line in between there, but I, I, I just, uh, I always felt like, uh, you know, the last uh, number of years that uh, when the rule changed, the, the 25 second clock went to the 40 second clock. Uh, I thought that really changed things and gave a, gave a real advantage to the offense. Yeah, uh, we'll get back to you. Uh, you left Northwestern. You went to Austin. Uh, what was that first experience like as a college head coach? Um, 
and how much did you enjoy your time down there in Texas? Oh, it was a, it was a great experience. You know, first of all, at Northwestern, I worked, uh, coach Larry Kramer or, or Larry Corver, um, Bob Corver, as we knew him, Coach Corver was a head football coach, and he is a legend in, in, in at Northwestern College. And when I came there, he basically said, the offense is yours. And, uh, I mean, it got to the point where even – it didn't make any difference. If it was fourth down, I made the decision whether we are going to go for it or not. He just, he just trusted me. And uh, he had such an impact on my life, not just uh, – from coaching, but the way he handled people and things like that. So I think I was really, uh, for the most part, I was ready to be a head coach again. Uh, matter of fact, uh, there was a time, uh, you know, I was at Northwestern College eight years. There was a time there in six, year six and year seven where I actually considered getting out of coaching uh, because I, I kind of wanted to be a head coach didn't have that opportunity and uh, believe it or not, I was a basketball official besides. And uh, I had a chance of moving up in, in basketball. I started working division two basketball and uh, I was to the point where I was gonna sell life insurance and I was gonna be a full-time basketball official and uh, about a year before I became the head coach at, uh, at Austin College. So uh, uh, I'm glad again that that, <laughs> that things worked out the way they did. But uh, I, you know, Austin College, uh, I had only been to Texas a couple of times uh, for national track meets. The only time I'd been to Texas uh, to get there and be a football coach first of all in Texas is a big deal, yeah. and then to uh, you know to see high school football the way it's played in Texas, uh, it was a tremendous experience. And uh, uh, Austin College is a uh, very, to me, has always been a very first-class school. Uh, we had great kids. They were good students, and uh, they were, you know, the the South. Uh, they had the they had all the manners and everything. I mean, they were very respectful. Uh, it was just a great experience. And I had, uh, you know, I went in there. I inherited the staff, uh, Division Three, or at that time we were NAI. You don't bring in your own staff. I, I inherited great coaches um, and uh, coaches that really cared about kids, and that's uh, that's how we were successful there. So, is it a big deal even at that level in Texas at an NAIA school? Pardon? Uh, football, you know, uh, even at that level in Texas at an NAIA school, is it just as big as if you were, uh, you know, coaching the Longhorns or? No, no, it was different. Matter of fact, we were behind high school. <laughs> we, uh, you know, Austin College is in Sherman, Texas. Sherman is a, a city of about 40,000 just uh, north of Dallas. Uh, we had one high school in Sherman. Well, on Friday nights, uh, my first year there, I think Sherman had a bad year. I think they were 0 and 10. And they would have six or seven or 8,000 people at the high school game and we'd have 500 at the college game on Saturday, you know, I mean, uh, so we had to, we, you know, you had to pick your battles a little bit, so to speak. But uh, on the other hand, uh, the kids, uh, our kids, most of our kids were Texas kids. Well, football was a big deal to them and, and to their families. And, uh, and, and when we started, uh, you know, the more we won at, uh, at Austin College. Uh, Austin College had had some great winning seasons right before I came. And so as we continued to win, um, you know, the, the interest was there, but uh, you're not going to, you know, the, the A&Ms and the Texas and, uh, you know, you go right down the line, Baylor and Rice and all those, if they're those fans, you're not going to see them on Saturday at your game. So uh, uh, you just had to accept that. But uh, just that 
the, you know, I, I, I can't say enough about the high school uh, programs of Texas. It was just uh, for somebody coming from uh, growing up in South Dakota and coming from Iowa, yeah. it was a, it was a, an eye opener, you know, and uh, I just really enjoyed it and made some great friends. Yeah. Um, so then uh, you leave there and you know, finally get to Northwest. Um, what drew you to Maryville um, and deciding to take that job? Well, um, I had been at Austin College 10 years. Um, we'd had some, some good success. Um, I felt like uh, we were falling a little bit behind in our conference, uh, behind what some of the other people were doing. Uh, I was a little frustrated with that, and uh, I wanted to move up. I, I just had a desire to to, uh, to coach at the next level, and Division Two was the next level. And uh, I had applied a couple of Division Two jobs that, uh, for one reason or another, I didn't get, and uh, uh, ended up, uh, you know, the the Northwest Missouri thing turned out uh, worked out for me. Um, when I after I took the job, I, I realized probably why I got it because it was wasn't a very good <laughs> job. After we got there, uh, we had some things to do, but uh, it turned out to be a great move for us. Well, yeah, I even read they were going to close the school. I think it was the year you got there, the year after they were considering. We we were all 11 my first year, and uh, you know it, it's funny because I knew in, in the spring I knew we were we weren't very talented. Um, but I thought, you know, at that time, I thought, well, you know, we can coach. We, I had a good staff. I had guys that, uh, you know, a couple of guys that had played for me, and they, they were good coaches. And so I thought, well, we can outcoach, you know, several people. We'll win. We can win at least half our games. Well, <laughs> I found out. Number one, I found out that that we were we really were bad. And number two, that the MIAA uh, had some really good coaches in it, and they were well prepared. And so. Uh, uh, that first year was a real learning experience for us. I guarantee you that. Well, <laughs> well, that's what you know amazes me is that you know you were zero and eleven, uh, and then a few years later you're conference champions, um, and that that's really one of the biggest things I uh, like to talk to coaches about is how they are able to build a program. And for you, it was so quickly. Um, you know, what were the keys to getting Northwest turned around in such a short period of time, uh, you know, from winless to conference champions? Well, I think, I think there were several factors. Um, I, I had, I really had a good staff. Uh, I had, uh, four full-time assistants and they were great. Uh, two of them had played for me, uh, and two of them had other ties kind of to, to the people we had. And so, uh, that was the first thing. The second thing was that we made a commitment right away, uh, you know, to recruit, recruit good kids, uh, you know, not just good football players, but good people, uh, good students. Uh, and our, and our, everybody on campus found out in a hurry that uh, our priority wasn't just football. It was a priority was to develop these young men and for them to be successful in the classroom. And, that, and through that, uh, I think we really developed some, you know, the, the administration and, and the faculty and staff really bought into that and they really appreciated that. And then uh, you have to understand the town of Maryville is a great football community. If you look at the history of Maryville High School, I mean, they were winning state championships back then already and now they, they win just about every other year. And so uh, uh, people there loved football. And, and the good thing about it, uh, we didn't have the competition from all the major colleges that 
you know, like like it was in Texas. If people didn't go to MU's game, they, you know, we had a shot at getting them at our game. And so after a few years, we started winning. Uh, we we developed tremendous support, and I, I think all those things combined. Uh, and and you know, I have to give credit. We did bring in a few transfers uh, the first couple of years. Not a lot. We didn't want a lot of transfers, but we had five or six. Uh, seven uh, real key kids that really helped us turn that program around and uh, they deserve a lot of credit too and the, the, the neat thing about them they stayed and got their degrees and that that was important um did you starting you know being from south dakota working in iowa you know, coaching in texas for a decade how much did that help at all with the recruiting process well, you know, Northwest Missouri, where we're located, is real close to, you know, to, to Iowa. We're 30 miles from the Iowa border, 25 miles from the Iowa border, something like mm -hmm. that. So um, we have a lot of connections in Iowa. Um, and uh, two of my staff uh, came from Nebraska. Jim Sabota, who had played for me, was the head coach at Nebraska Wesleyan. And our defensive coordinator was Scott Bostwick. He had played at Nebraska Wesleyan, and he had been the defensive coordinator there. He was an Omaha guy. So we had that part of the, you know, the, the, that corner really, uh, we had that covered pretty well because people knew who we were. And then, uh, uh, Bart Tatum, who was a young man that I brought in from, from Texas came with me. He had played for me at Austin college, uh, a great recruiter, very passionate recruiter. Well, he started in the, in the Kansas city area and, uh, you know, his passion just, uh, carried us through there. And uh, once once we got going, then it, uh, you know, then we developed, uh, uh, you know, a pretty good uh, regional recruiting base. And that's where most of our kids came from. I've, and I've always found this fascinating as well. Uh, and I would think it'd be, you know, the biggest challenge at the Division Two level is, um, you know, when you get to NAIA Division Three, uh, you kind of know who those kids are. Uh, Division One. Uh, to me, I feel like that's when it gets tricky. If you want to have an elite program at the Division II level is, you know, how do you judge these kids that you're watching uh, and whether they're, you know, elite Division II kids or they're Division I kids? Well, I, I think that, you know, and, and again, things have changed now. Um, Division One at, at the time we were, you know, we started at Northwest. There was a lot of Division One schools that still redshirted some, but it, that was going away. Most of them were, you know, kids had to be able to come in and play. Uh, we got a lot of kids, Anthony, that by the time they were, we redshirted everybody. That was one of the things that I think was really key to our program. Uh, in my ten, 17 years as head coach at Northwest, if you take away the first year, which we had to play some freshmen, after that, I would say we probably had less than, I know less than 5% of kids ever played as true freshmen. They, they all redshirted, no matter how good they were. And uh, I think that uh, what that did is it gave these these, a lot of these kids a chance to really grow and mature. And I'll guarantee you, a lot of the kids that we had by the time they were fourth and fourth year juniors and fifth year seniors, they were division one players, but we had developed them uh, they weren't Division One players coming out of high school, and we had the time to develop them. Where a lot of the Division One programs, if they weren't, you know, the elite athlete, they had to pass over them. And so, uh, uh, I think that's really made a difference. Um, and then '98, you won your first uh, national championship. Uh, what was that feeling like? To you know, you had taken that program that was, you know, in bad shape, uh, and just a short time, you became a national championship. What was that like? Uh, <laughs> as your first one, at least, and 
you know, that feeling you got from, you know, building that program um, and finally getting to the pinnacle? Well, it, you know, it was uh, the process just worked perfectly. Uh, you know, we, we were all in 11 the first year. We were six and five in the second year. And then, like you said, the, the third year, we actually we tied for the conference championship with Pitt State. Uh, we won our first round playoff game was the first playoff game win in history at Northwest Missouri. The next year, the next week in the quarterfinals, we went to Northern Colorado and we got beaten the last second. And Northern Colorado went on two games later and won a national championship. Well, uh, the same thing happened in, in 97, uh, but we were ready. We thought we were ready to win a national championship in 97. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we couldn't beat Northern Colorado. We were undefeated in 97 until we played Northern Colorado. They beat us in the playoffs. 98, um, those kids had been through it a couple of years. And uh, I remember, uh, you know, I – Every summer, we'd have some kind of a theme. Uh, you know, I'd buy T-shirts, and we'd have a theme on them. And I, I don't know what my theme was, but uh, some of the seniors came in and they said, Coach, we bought uh, we bought our own T-shirts. And they said, we want you to have one. And it said, uh, 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 Florence or bust. And uh, that was, you know, that was a national championship. And I said, uh, <laughs> I kind of smiled. I said, I won't wear that until we get in the playoffs. And, uh, of course, we went through and then really, you know, uh, really played really well in, in, in every game throughout that year. We, we had maybe a couple of games that were fairly close. Um, but overall, uh, probably without a doubt, Texas A&M Kingsville, we played in the semifinals at our place, they were extremely talented. I, I, I still don't know for sure quite how we won that <laughs> game, but uh, they were very talented. But uh, our kids just, uh, they had that mindset that they were going to win it. And uh, honestly, it wasn't even, it, it wasn't like a shock that we won it. We expected to win it. And, that's, I, and I think that's why we did win it. Yeah. Uh, and I want to fast forward a little bit to uh, a year you didn't win. Uh but you were close. And I think this was the first year that I really uh, caught on to Northwest and what you guys were doing. Uh, it was about that time that, you know, even Division Two games were a little more televised, too. Um, it was the 2005 season uh, where you, you know, you weren't highly ranked. Uh, and then you just went on that run uh, in the playoffs there. Um, what was that feeling like? Uh, you know, because I think you as – a coach, maybe you hope for the best, but you know that probably wasn't maybe your most talented team. Uh, how did you, uh, you know, what happened in the playoffs to you know reel off four straight uh, road game wins and finally get that national championship? Well, I think you know there are several things uh, that happened during that year. In two thousand four, we had an unbelievable team. Um, could have been early on looked like it could have been our best team and. Uh, about the sixth or seventh game of the year, our quarterback, a junior quarterback, Josh Lamberson, broke his hip. And so he was done. We ended up playing a redshirt freshman. Uh, we got beat by Pitt. We were one and two in the nation uh, when we played Pitt in the uh, last game of the regular season. And we, we lost to him there, and then we lost to him in the playoffs. But in 2005, it took Josh just about the whole season to really – regain and, and he was a great quarterback he really was and as the season went on he played better and better and, and when we got in the playoffs um, he was he was at his best uh, and he was one of those guys that brought the best out in him you know of everybody else he made everybody else good teammates 
And then uh, on the defensive side of the ball, we had a guy by the name of Dave Tollison. Uh, Dave was a transfer, uh, had redshirted uh, in, in 03, played in 04, and then in 05. He was, uh, he was a defensive player of the year in our conference, and he got hurt uh, second to last game. He missed our last game uh, in the regular season, but he came back and he was playing at a high level. I, I think those two guys, um, because of, on each side of the ball, the, the level that they were playing at, it just brought the, brought out the best in our whole team. And uh, uh, once we started winning, you know, it was kind of a, it was almost kind of like a joke. Hey, we're the road dogs, you know. We we uh, I, I we went to uh, Angelo State the first game, and uh, we were the the sixth seed, and they were the three seed, and and we dominated, you know. And uh, came back, we had a lot of confidence. Uh, the next week, we went to Washburn, and they had beaten us in the regular season at our place, and I. I think we were up 24 to nothing in that game uh, early on. We just, uh, we were playing really well. Uh, they had, they came back and made it a pretty good game. We didn't win by that much. And then uh, the third playoff game, we got to go play Pittsburgh State. And the second to last game of the regular season, we played Pittsburgh State at Arrowhead. And at halftime, we were down 28 points. It was, uh, it was 35 to seven or something like that. Uh, you know, and so we came back and won that game. And, uh, you know, it, our, we just the confidence was there. And, you know, even in the championship game, Grand Valley was a great team. Uh, North Alabama in the semifinal was a great team. And somehow we found a way to beat North Alabama in the last few seconds. And then in the championship game, we led most of the game. Uh, they got ahead of us and we had that drive at the end of the game. And, you know, if you remember uh, with about 10 seconds left, we have a receiver that uh, yeah. the ball hits him right in the chest and in the end zone. And I mean, that that's the championship and, and we didn't get it, but uh, uh, you know, that was, they just, they believed they were going to win. Yeah. And uh, that was it. Well, it's funny. Uh, a little later on, I was kind of taking some campus visits uh I use those a lot as a senior, you know, as a, as a free excuse to get out of school for a day. I went up to Northwest, and I, I remember asking the girl about that receiver and uh, how he was holding up. Because I, as someone who's played sports their entire life, you you have a moment like that, almost everyone does, um, where, you know, things don't go your way, and you kind of take the blame uh, for a loss, even though, you know, in sports, there are a lot of little moments that you know add up to the end result. Um, but what? How do you handle that as a coach? You know, what do you say to a kid like that? Um, no, you have to be extremely disappointed yourself. Um, but what do you say to kids in those moments uh, when things like that happen? Well, there's not a lot to say. I, I mean, obviously, he didn't want to drop that ball. <laughs> he wanted to catch it in the worst way. Um, it, it happens to it happens to great great players, and so uh, you know it was one of those things where. And I think I, I do think the fact that because of where we had come from, it probably wasn't quite as uh, dramatic, so to speak, or it wasn't quite as uh, earth shattering uh, because people nobody really expected us to win. I mean, and so uh, that helped a little bit. And uh, you know, it's just uh, it, my theory has always been my. You know, no matter what happens, you flush it and, and you start over. Uh, you know, you forget about uh, in football. I, I've always said, you know, uh, once the season starts, uh, if you you have a bad game or if you lose, uh, you better get rid of that quick because you got to play another game in seven days. 
and uh and so you know that's kind of the way we went and, and as you know we we had a string there where we went four years in a row where we had bad things happen in a national championship game and 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 i was each year i was just more impressed with our kids the way they came back and uh, and got back there and then in 2009 when we finally did win it it was just uh, it was like uh, you could see the joy in, in, in those, especially those fifth year seniors, because they had been there four years in a row as red shirts and then four years, uh, three, uh, four years in a row, excuse me, uh, you know, on the losing side. And to finally win, it was just like, we've done it. And, and I, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of wins and, and a lot of things happen, but I don't know that I've ever helped, felt better for, for a team than I did. Uh, when they won in in, in 09 there and, and were able to hold that trophy up and say, we, we did it. Yeah, and I've always felt, um, talk to anyone in sports, I think most people agree, you know, those losses, you know, they tend to stick out more than the wins. Um, you know, what sticks with you more? You know, winning that first national championship or was it one of the close losses uh, like in 05 that really they stick with you the most? Well, you re you remember <laughs> you honestly you remember the losses you you remember what led to the loss probably more than you do the wins, uh, but ultimately it, it's it's all about the the kids and the relationships that you build and uh, you know you build character uh, you build character winning and losing and I, I I honestly believe I don't like to lose I hate to lose at anything but I think you build more character sometimes in a losing situation than you do if you win all the time. And so uh, I, I think, you know, I look back at those young men and I look at all the successes they've had since uh, since college football and uh, uh, it's well worth it. Um, what what was it that made you, um, you know, because I've seen you at, you know, even Northwest games, you're still a fairly healthy guy. Um, you know, what was it um, that made you decide it was time to step away? Uh, well, um, <laughs> a couple of things. I was 65 years old. I had some grandsons that were playing high school football that I really wanted to watch. And, uh, you know, they weren't close. Uh, some of them were in Miss, a couple of them were in Mississippi and uh, a couple of them were in Texas. And I just felt like, uh, you know, that uh, I, I just coaching takes so much away from your family. And I just felt like it was time, and uh, that was uh, that was really uh, kind of the, the the main reason behind my retirement is to do that. And then you know, unfortunately, uh, uh, one one uh, one got hurt his senior year, uh, second game of the year. He was playing real well, tore his uh, knee up, and uh, another one ended up making decision to play baseball instead of football. And so I, I probably could have just well kept coaching, but. <laughs> Uh, it all worked out, and uh, you know it was good for our family. Yeah, uh, I bet it had to get at you a little bit. Uh -huh. Just the run that Northwest went on once you stepped away as well. Well, it's uh, you know honestly, it took me about six or seven years to really kind of give up the fact that I wasn't going to coach again. I, 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 I really would, you know, if I would have had the right opportunity, I would have coached again in a couple of years. And, and I had a couple of times where I thought maybe it was the right opportunity, but for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Uh, but you know what? I, uh, I have a real strong faith and uh, I've always felt like uh, the Lord's put me where I'm supposed to be. And uh, I'm not going to argue with that. And, and, you know, my career 
uh, when I was done coaching, uh, a year and a half later, I come back and I'm the athletic director. And that was a a great five years for me to be able to work with young coaches. We had so many good young coaches and, uh, we, uh, you know, one thing at, at Northwest, we weren't just football. Uh, our coaches were always supportive of every other sport and all the coaches in all the sports really worked together and really, uh, supported each other. And so this was fun to see. And, you know, uh, I think it was 2017, we won a national championship in football and we turned around one, one in basketball. Nobody's ever done that in division two. And I think that says a lot about our kid, you know, our coaches and how they, they just appreciated each other and worked together. Well, that's, what's amazing about Northwest is, uh, you know, for most of my life, it was, it was, you know, one of the best programs uh, football wise. Um, and now it's, you could almost call it a basketball school with what the men's team has been able to do. Um, and that It just amazes me what that program, you know, in a small town like Maryville, Missouri, uh, what that university has been able to do. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's really been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, uh, I remember telling Ben, I said, man, you know, Ben and I have got a great relationship. We fished together in the summer and uh, uh, he's, you know, he was uh I was there his first two years as I was still football coach. I think he came in 08 or 09, and I can remember him. He was real young uh, as a head basketball coach and coming down to my office and early in the morning, we'd get there and he'd sit there and talk and share some of his, you know, issues and things like that. But uh, I remember after the first national championship in basketball, I said, man, Ben, I said, uh, now we're a basketball school. I said, I don't know if I can handle that. So, <laughs> but it's, that, that's really not true because it's just great, uh, you know, and, and it's, it, we just all identify with all of our sports. And, you, you know, the, the thing I'm excited about now, uh, in a few years, I think we're going to be a track school too. We're not very far off. And uh, that would uh, probably give me as much joy as anything to see us win a national championship in track. So yeah, now you just got to work on the, uh, the baseball team and, uh, yeah, baseball's uh, they they won a conference championship my last year as athletic director, and that was that was really satisfying too. So, uh, you know, obviously I wouldn't uh, ask you to speak for Mac, but I am curious as someone who's kind of been in his position where you've had so much success, um, and to where you know someone from the outside could look at it and be like, "Well, why are you still there?" Uh, you know, so. How do you continue um, to stay hungry in those situations and not look for the next big opportunity uh, at a different level or a different school or something like that? Well, I think, uh, especially at Northwest, once we got rolling, uh, you know, it, it was like, we're going to win every year and mm -hmm. we're going to win a lot of games. And uh, so when some of those other opportunities showed up, uh, when I started looking at them, they really weren't as good as what I had in, in a lot of respects. And uh, we had such tremendous support, uh, you know, the, the community and the, the alumni and, and those things are important. And, you know, the next level, uh, obviously in division two for 99% of division two coaches, you're not going to get a level. You're not going to get a chance to go to division one from division two. You're going to go, uh, you know, to FCS and a lot of those FCS programs, especially the ones that had coaches openings, uh, they might have had a little bigger stadium, but they didn't have near as many fans as we did. They didn't have the support that we did. And, you know, I've, like I've told people a lot of times, coaching is a lot of work. 
And if you win, it's not near as much work as if you lose. And uh, I was to that point in my career where I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the you know, the benefits of winning. And uh, even though it was a lot of work, I, we knew we were going to win. Yeah. Um, and post-coaching, you, uh, you know, we were talking before, you, you stayed busy. Uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, when you became president of the uh, Football Coaches Association um, and, you know, what that meant to you and what are some things, you know, that you wanted to see change or how you guys have made changes in the game of football uh, in that time? Well, you know, um, when I actually joined the – American Football Coach Association. Uh, I didn't join until I started uh, as a head coach at Austin College. So I think 84 was my my first year as a member of the AFCA. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, sometime after that, I think in the in the early 90s, Coach Taft, Coach Grant Taft took over uh, as the executive director. And uh, I got to know him a little bit, uh, really uh, just believed in, you know, what he stood for and, and his passion. And then in 98, we win the national championship. And then I, I was at, at the same time that year at the convention, uh, besides being national coach of the year, I was named to the, uh, the board of trustees. And uh, that was a great experience. Uh, there were some, you know, uh, most, of, most of the board of trustees uh, were division one coaches. There was two from division two, two from division three at that time. And that was it. There wasn't even an NAIA coach on the, the board of trustees. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it was a great experience for me and to, to be able to sit uh, in meetings with, uh, you know, uh, guys that were, you know, Phil Fulmer or, uh, or whoever, you know, uh, guys that were, were head coaches at Division One level uh, and knowing that they respected what you were doing, uh, that was a tremendous uh, feeling. And uh, then in, uh, I think it was 2005 or 2006, the, the year that I was president, uh, it was just, it, it was kind of a culmination and uh, being able to work closely with Coach Taft was one of the highlights of, of my career. I, there's nobody that uh, uh, that I respect more or has more integrity and, and love for the game of football than he did. And uh, uh, so that uh, that was really, that was really a, a great experience for me in every respect. And, uh, you know, one of the things that happened in 2006, the year I was president, we made uh, the NAI got a uh, got a spot on the board of trustees, and I, I've always felt great about that. And it wasn't wasn't because of me. I mean, it was something that we had been working on, but that was the year that it happened. And so, uh, uh, those are great experiences. I still go back to the convention every year. I still go to the board meetings when I'm invited, you know, and uh, sit in. Uh, still have a lot of friends there, so it's it's really been great. It sounds like at some point you should take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was something else that caught my eye, and I, I'll be honest, I had to do a little research on what exactly it was, though it seems like a cool opportunity. Uh, how did the uh, World Cup coaching job come along in 2011? Well, you know, that was, uh, that was interesting. Uh, the USA football, uh, uh, you know, in 2007, uh, I think they started – I don't know if they played in three or not, but I know they played in seven. They, they and they had it set up like like the Olympics every once every four years. And in 2007, Adam Doral, who later became head coach uh, and is now the head coach at uh, um, Abilene Christian, uh, Adam was the was an offensive uh, uh, member of the the staff uh, in 2007 of the USA football team, and he talked about what a great experience he had. Well, uh, I retired in 2010. 
a young man by the name of Nick Anzarello was one of the top people in the USA football organization at the time. And uh, I think in, Nick had some influence on that. And so they, they called me uh, uh, in, I think in January of 2011 and said, hey, would you be interested in doing this? And uh, so it was a great, great opportunity. And the, the greatest thing that happened in that was that I called Larry Karras uh, and Larry and I have been really good friends. And uh, I said, Larry, I said, I, I just didn't think there'd be any way that he would go. He was still coaching at Mount Union. I, I said, what, what would you think about being the offensive coordinator and, uh, and for the USA team? And we go to Austria for a few weeks and uh, three weeks or whatever it was. And uh, he said, well, he said, uh, sounds like a good idea. And his, his wife, Linda, and my wife, Carol, are very good friends. He said, I'll check with Linda. Well, I knew I had him then because <laughs> Linda loves to travel. And so, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Lou Tepper uh, was a good friend and Lou was a defense coordinator uh, at, and that group. And we just had a great time. It was a tremendous experience. And uh, I think it helped me in my retirement because that whole spring, I recruited all spring. Uh, my job was pretty much Lou and I, Lou was retired. So Lou and I did most of the recruiting of the players, you know, that, uh, that ended up playing. They were all, all but one were, were college graduates. Uh, and a few of them, uh, you know, a few of them were playing over in Europe. Uh, and we just had a great team and a, and a, and a lot of fun. And, and, you know, and then to, to be able to win it was, uh, was kind of the icing on the cake. And plus you got to beat Canada. So that had to be a little nice, right? Pardon? And plus, you got to beat Canada. That had to be enjoyable yeah. as well. <laughs> they were tough. Uh, we uh, we were ready to play. So <laughs> <laughs> you beat them fifty to seven. Then you called them tough. That's uh, that's awfully nice of you. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> well, you've been real generous with your time. Uh, I always end these. I call it a pick six. I'm going to ask you just six questions. Uh, just quick answers. Uh, you know, first thing that comes to mind. Um. You talked about uh, early on when you were coordinator, uh, the fourth down decision, you know, went to you. Uh, do you feel like coaches go for it enough on fourth down? I think more now. I, I think the, the pandemic year, for whatever reason, uh, maybe it took a little pressure off of coaches because, you know, the records didn't – things weren't quite like they were before. Uh, but uh, – I think there's a, I think there's an advantage to gambling. I really do, and uh, not gambling, so to speak, but gambling on a football field. Uh, I enjoyed <laughs> going for it on fourth down. Um, the best stadium environment uh, you've had outside of you know Northwest. The best what? The best stadium, the best environment you've coached in, uh, maybe oh, outside of uh, Northwest. You know, we had well, we had the opportunity for I think ten years to play at at Arrowhead. Uh, of course, that was different. But uh, really, as far as stadiums, I hate to admit it, but I, I love playing at Pittsburgh, uh, Pitt State. Uh, they've got a great stadium. It's uh, you know, it's two levels, and their fans are right. It feels like they're right on top of you. Uh, it was always a great atmosphere. We had a great rivalry with them, and uh, uh, but there was a lot of respect. We never had any problems with you know with the with the players. Once in a while, we had a few problems with the fans, but uh, uh, that would that was that would probably be my favorite stadium. Yeah, I had Coach Partridge on a few weeks ago, and he said he kind of said the same thing. Uh, so I, I may have to get down to Pitt State one of these days to, you know, once things get back to normal to, you know, see what that's like. Uh, next one, <laughs> and I don't know how you could answer this, or, uh, but 
if you're recruiting a kid and it's a kid you really want, what is your go-to pitch? I'm having a hard time hearing you, Anthony. Sorry. Uh, right. um, you're recruiting a kid and it's a kid you really want. Uh, what is your go-to uh, recruiting pitch? Well, um, you know, we did. We would do everything that we could to sell him on our program. But if he really, if if we really had to beg him to come, uh, I didn't. I wouldn't do that because you, you don't make promises you can't keep. You know, I, we never promised a kid he could come in and start or anything like that. I I I just think that. We wanted kids to be there because they ultimately, it was their choice. They wanted to be at Northwest. Uh, you mentioned earlier you're getting ready to have dinner with your wife here in a little bit. Uh, what's your favorite place to eat in Maryville? Oh, well, uh, probably the Mexican place. It's not, it used to be La Bonita and now it's El Napol, but uh, we go there about once a week. You don't have a lot of choices in Maryville, I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> Pizza, uh, pizza, pizza ranch is pretty good too. <laughs> uh, did you have any superstitions as a coach? You know, not really. Uh, you know, I, my wife did. Uh, some of our fans did. You know, they wear the same clothes or all this. And uh, I used to tell her, you know, it, it, whether we win or lose doesn't make any difference what color socks you're wearing or what T-shirt you've worn uh, the game before. But uh, um, I, I just. Uh, I really never got caught too much caught up in in, in superstitions. Um, we had a we had a tree on campus that uh, uh, Buckeyes we got Buckeyes off of, and Scott Boswick, our defensive coordinator, came in one time and it, they were really pretty. He said, "Hey, coach, why don't you have a Buckeye for the season?" And I did carry that in my pocket the whole year. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure we won quite a few games that year, but uh, <laughs> that was uh, that wasn't my go-to thing. So. Uh, and finally, I uh, asked Coach Mack this a while back, uh, so I'm going to ask you, which is the bigger challenge? Is it building the program up or is it staying on top? Honestly, I think, uh, I, I think to stay on top is, is the bigger challenge. I really do for year after year after year. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that's, uh, you know, I mentioned Larry Karras. Uh, Coach Karras is one of my best friends in coaching, but uh, I think that's the thing that I admired about him more than anything else is that Mount Union for every year, and Ken Sparks at, at, at Carson Newman was the same way. You just knew they were going to be good. And uh, uh, I think th those people motivated us, uh, motivated me to, to be – make sure that Northwest Missouri was the same way, but it, it's, it's a challenge. Um, we went through that. Oh, after the 99, 2000 in there, we went through that a couple of times, a couple of years where uh, it was a little bit of a struggle because our, our kids didn't really appreciate all that some of the older guys had done to get us there. And uh, when that comes back, then it, then, then you get a chance to stay on top. Well, Coach, I, I appreciate you doing this um, and all the help you've given me throughout the years. Um, I have so much respect for you and what you were able to do, and uh, I can't thank you enough for this. Well, uh, it's been fun for me. I, uh, uh, I'm getting to my age where, uh, you know, I like to relive the old times. And uh, <laughs> what I've found in coaching, the longer you're away from it, the better your record gets and the, the greater the plays are. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, Anthony. Well, we made it about an hour, and I, I bet we could talk for three hours. So, uh. Well, I'm <laughs> <good>. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Coach. Thank you.